You are a stiff-necked people. That's what the Lord says to the people in Exodus 32. And I'm, I think I'm onto something with that. And I want to walk you through how I got there. So this is the anatomy of a biblical insight. Hey, YouTube theologians, I'm Pastor Wolfmuller. Uh, I, I don't just want to tell you the point. I want to kind of walk you through how I got there because it happened in slow motion in Sunday school last week uh, because I had the great privilege of sitting under Pastor Warren Graff in Sunday school. We went and visited Grace Lutheran Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, and Pastor Graff preached this sermon on, on Ruth on the altar. And he talked about how Ruth went from the, from the Chemoth altar to the Yahweh altar and how at the, the Moabites were all worshiping Chemoth and all the other gods, but at, and Chemoth had an altar dedicated to violence and, uh, and dedicated to blood and power and sacrifice, and how Ruth was bound up to the Lord's altar so that when she says, where you go, I will go, your people will be my people and your God my God, we, what, we normally use that text like at weddings. It's like, a, I'm going to be committed to you. No, Ruth was saying, I'm committed to the Lord. It's, not, it's a little less about love and a lot more about faith than we normally take it. Ruth says, no, I'm, I'm bound to the altar where, where the God is holy and gives out his holiness as a gift. And that, in fact, when Carrie and I were driving back from Albuquerque, she said, Brian, how would you, if someone just said, I think close communion is a man-made doctrine, not in the Bible, how, how would you make the biblical case? And I outlined the biblical case. I think I'll, I, I probably need to do a video about that. That'd be, that'd be fun. But the, like one of the big missing links in the biblical mind and our current way of thinking, we're so individualistic, but it has to do with the altar. Like, the, the altar is a doctrine. It's not just a place. It's a confession. And we all belong to an altar. I think this might be a better way of thinking than worldview. I've been trying to figure out an alternative to worldview because I think... But, but it could be just to say that the alt, your altar is your worldview. And so that Paul has this technical language that those Israel of the flesh participates in the altar. They have koinonia in the altar. And we all have a koinonia of an altar. That's, the, that's, that's kind of the point. Uh, anyway, uh, Ignatius said it. Karen and I were talking about altar, worldview, graph. Oh, yeah. So Sunday school, Pastor Graf was talking about the office of prophet, which is great. Uh, he, he especially pointed out how the first time the word prophet is used uh, in the Bible, it's uh, about Abraham when he had lied to the king Abimelech about Sarah being his wife and the Lord was punishing him. And then the Lord says to Abimelech, go to Abraham, he's my prophet and he'll pray for you. So a couple of really amazing things there. But the one is that the prophet starts out as a scoundrel and the cause of the problem and still the Lord says go to him and then second is that the first act of the prophet is the act of intercession before it's the act of proclamation and then so Pastor Graf took us to Exodus 32 
where Moses is on the mountain interceding for the people who are worshiping the golden calf. And this is where the phrase comes up, Exodus 32, where the Lord refers to the people as stiff-necked. So we're looking at the text, and it occurred to me then on Sunday that uh, that I had just always taken that as a figure of speech, you know, stiff-necked, like we have a like some of the knucklehead or hard-headed or recalcitrant. Although that's just an adjective, that's not a figure of speech, but I, I just had to, always taken the figure of speech, but I wondered why that was the figure of speech, because it seems like the people were not stiff-necked, but more rubber-necked. Like the Lord's there, and they're like, oh, there's the Lord, and then there's another false god, and they're like, oh, there's Baal, and then there's another one. Oh, look at all these false gods. Which one should we worship? And that the the insult should not have been that they were stiff-necked, immovable, but that they were too flexible. In fact, it comes up in Isaiah where the Lord says, you stick out your neck and look for any false god. That kind of rubber neck is used in the Bible. But that's not what the Lord uses, stiff neck. So I asked Pastor Graff, and he said, you know, I always thought of it the same way, like a figure of speech, but hadn't thought about it. So the way to do it would just be track down the language of stick neck, the language of neck in the scripture, which I did. Okay. So I'm wondering about this figure of speech, and uh, I'm, I'm paying attention to Sunday school too, but I'm also looking up all the times that neck comes up in the Old Testament. And, and I'm looking for patterns there. Uh, first, with stiff-necked, I notice that this is the first use in the Bible, Exodus 32, but it comes up a couple more times right in the context of Exodus and then later in Deuteronomy and then a couple of times like in late in Chronicles where it says, don't be stiff-necked like the people were in the wilderness. In fact, I think it's in Exodus 33 that the Lord says, go tell the people you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> He's supposed to He's supposed to apply that label to them. It even comes up in the preaching of Acts in uh, Stephen in Acts in Acts chapter seven. He concludes his sermon, "You stiff-necked people." So this becomes a description there. There's one particular verse in Isaiah that that got me pressing a little bit further. But before that, all the other neck stuff. There's some passages in the Bible that talks about putting your hand or your foot on your enemy's neck. And that has to do with being conquered. You can think of someone, you know, laying down and the one who's conquering has their foot on their neck. There's also uh, a number of Bible passages that talk about what goes around your neck. And it could be like gold or a metal, like a victory medal, like we have uh, gold and, and silver medals if you win something at the Olympics. That could go, you could, your neck could be adorned with garlands, or your neck could go in a shackle. And I thought at first that's what the stiff neck would refer to, that if you put your neck in a shackle, like you're enslaved, and you can't move your neck because you're in like the chain gang, that that would be the stiff neck thing. And so I, I started to track down those, the neck and shackles thing, and I thought maybe it has a connection with the... Um, with the idea that they're leaving slavery in Egypt 
where their necks were in shackles. But now the shackles are off and they go and put them right back on. So that they're going back to the slavery which they had just been rescued from by the Lord. And I thought, well, that, you know, that could be it. And that's actually kind of nice. But there's a whole series of passages. And there's one in Isaiah that says, it talked about being stiff-necked and not yielding or obedient to the Lord and his law. And so, and so the, it seemed like the, the metaphor here was not pressing towards slavery and freedom, but, but instead referring to kind of a obedience and yieldingness. And, and that sent me into all of the passages that had to do with animals. So I, I think maybe the best one was Psalm 32, where it says, don't be like the, the, the horse and the mule, which need to be led by bit and bridle. And I think that is the, that is the metaphor that the Lord is using uh, here. It's the metaphor of a donkey or a horse who's working the field, or most especially, the ox. And as the ox is plowing, is the ox simply going to go straight forward where it wants to go? Or is it going to be stiff-necked? Or is it going to be yielding and able to be guided by the farmer, by the one who's driving the ox? And and the picture here is that Israel is a stiff-necked ox that is unyielding. Now, here's, so, so I think that's the picture there. And here's where the insight came. As I was thinking about that and trying to put it back into the context of Exodus 32, and I realized that the Lord calls the people stiff-necked right after they bow down and worship a golden calf. In other words, they've made for themselves an idol to Baal, this golden calf, and the Lord says, you are just like that. You are stiff-necked. You are unable to be guided. Here I am trying to take you out of Egypt into the promised land, and you are simply stubbornly following your own wicked inclinations. You have become like that which you have set up to worship, which is a major theme. In fact, I'm, I made this kind of travel vlog video that I'm still editing about this particular thing that has to do with the Psalms and the, which talk about how the, uh, the idols, what they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have feet, but they don't move. Those who make them are like them, and so are those who worship them. And that's also now at play here. The people are stiff-necked because they have shaped for themselves an iron, a, a metal bull to worship. And they've become like that. They, they've adopted that foolishness. We are what we worship. Which is why the Lord says, I am. So that we who are nothing will be. And it's why the Lord gives uh, His Son the name Jesus because he is the one who saves and we are the ones saved by him.
<laughs> so may God grant us joy and peace so that we would not be the stiff-necked. And I hope that's fun to walk through how that came about. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Thanks for riding along with me.